Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. And today we have uh, someone that's basically one of my five brothers in life that I actually call upon whenever shit gets crazy. He is a former Marine. He is an incredible friend, um, mainly because he does this thing where he shows off by doing like 100-mile <laughs> Ultraman marathons and just texts me about it and be like, look what I'm doing today. And I feel like a, like a fat, lazy slob, and I'm like, fuck, I just feel terrible. Um, but outside of that, I say this. He's like one of my closest friends. I love him to pieces. The one and only Akshay Nanavati. Hey, did, brother. Did I say your surname right? I, I always fuck up. Yes, I did, because I was going to put an R. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Totally screwed that up and still got it. But just real quick shout out to everyone on the show. Um, please go, please rate, review, subscribe, and leave a, um, and share this. Share the show, share this podcast so I can get more people on board and actually keep bringing you some incredibly fun stories along the way. Now, as I get into this, I got to say, your book, Fivana, is one of my favorite books of all time by the way like i don't actually Thanks, tell brother. people enough about this because like a lot of the things that you taught me in there helped me deal with situations mm-hmm. where my anxiety got really crazy yeah and um i don't know how far deep we are in the corona crazy right now because we're recording this on april 2nd yeah uh, 2020 i don't know where the world's going to be when this comes out in 90 days but what i do know is there's going to be a lot of fear there's going to be a lot of anxiety and there's going to be a lot of shit going crazy so mm-hmm. perfect timing for the show to come out for the people right. to calm the fuck down yeah <laughs> um, but as always this show is sponsored by fearvana.com and adolomarcy.com go check out fearvana.com we can get Akshay's book his courses his trainings they're all absolutely amazing and legitimately one of my favorite things to go through uh, Thanks, and brother. now i'm going to shut the fuck up and actually just say and ask him my first question which is how the fuck are you keeping your health and mental space like correct? Because every the world's on lockdown and curfew right now. Like, yeah, how you, yeah. How are you managing this? You know, I have had plenty of, as you kind of briefly touched on on my story, but I've had plenty of training in navigating experiences of stress and fear to the point that this doesn't trigger the least bit of fear. And I'm not saying this in a way because I'm brave. Like you can't have courage without fear, right? Like the courage can only exist without when fear is present. So there is no courage in my, in my, what I'm displaying right now. I only don't feel fear because I've had so many different experiences warranting fear so much training in the experience of fear at very intense levels from being in war zones to skiing across ice caps to uh climbing mountains in the himalayas to i mean just recently i spent seven days in pitch darkness silence and isolation so sitting in quarantine with like stimuli with light with wi-fi with food with water with tv i mean jesus man like that's a breeze compared to uh being in darkness you know so when you go through more intense stuff it's all perspective so compared to that this is nothing. And, you know, I also feel blessed, like I, the not to take away that there's people going through some real stuff right now, as we know, like losing jobs, losing people we love. I mean, you look in India right now, this what's happening, like just a few days, like it's happening as we speak, these migrant workers who are daily workers who, you know, live uh, from daily wages. They're, uh, they have nowhere to go, so they're going back to their villages. Some of them may be forced to walk 600 miles to their villages with no food, and they're more scared of dying of hunger than they are of the coronavirus. So there's some real shit, some dark stuff, some real suffering. I am not in that space. I certainly have nothing to complain about. The best I can do is be on shows like yours, be, you know, spread the word of Fearvana, help people transcend their suffering, help people navigate their fears around this and kind of navigate the mindset piece. So I'm doing what I can around that. But personally, man... I'm good to go because I've trained in this. I mean, my whole life is this, you know, <laughs> from ultra marathons and everything I do is training in fear. So it's essentially a case of um, 
how to put this? So it's just essentially a case of that your mind is so accustomed to a different level of fear that this yeah. doesn't even rate as highly because like I get that. It's also like levels of comfortability. So I always talk about this with jujitsu. Jujitsu gave me one skill that gives me, uh, and everyone that does jujitsu kind of sees this, at least I've seen it, is you're used to dealing with pressure and not having breathing room and then learning how to create breathing room in like the smallest movements. You're like, okay, I can't mm. do a big explosive movement, but I can move my hand like one degree. I can mm. move my elbow one degree. Yeah. One degree at a time until I'm out. And I always tell people like life is imitated. Life finds everything in different ways. Like you will find your patterns in everything you do, even though I hate the term, how you do one thing is how yeah. you do everything. <laughs> Cause it's not true. How I do six things is how I do everything because we <laughs> counted yesterday and it came out quite funny. We'll talk about that another time uh, like, later on. But specifically, how did you, how could someone that's actually going through like this insane stimuli, they've never had to face this level of adversity before. Like yeah. they face some level of adversity because we all have, but like they've never faced it to this level where it's like yeah. grit. I, I'd say the people that face this the most, and I'm generalizing here, so I, I, I don't apologize if I offend someone because it's not meant as offensively and it's yeah. weird if you take it offensively. But if you grew up in like the seven, like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, you grew up pretty fucking rough. I mean, like think about globally where the world was. 2000 kids, you kind of had it, but like 90s, we had race riots. We had fights. We had massacres around mm. the world. We had the OJ trial. We had Michael Jackson pedophiles and everything else in between come at us. Not saying that Michael Jackson is or isn't a pedophile. We really didn't know. But like I'm saying, you had all these kind of huge trials happen. And you lost a lot of people. And it was like a global epidemic. Anything happened. Like if some shit happened somewhere, mm. things kind of went crazy. And then, of course, those kids, they we grew up through a different versus 9-11. You had the thing with 7-7 yeah. and everything in the 80s and so on. But everyone that grew up in those in those areas with Nam and everything, um, and uh, God, when you really think about the shit that we've endured from like the '60s to now, it just becomes like this laundry list of like, dude, come on, like, if you remember what we've already lived mm, through, mm. the coronavirus. Not saying it's not a huge deal; it is a big deal because it's impacted economically and all the other things. Yeah, but your level of fear shouldn't be set so high on that thermostat. I mean, if you stop and really think about it, like. It, I'm just thinking about this out loud. Even the kids in like the 2000s now, they really, they've survived school massacres. Like there's been more mass shootings at schools in the last 20 years than any other time. I'm like, um, yeah, you're still alive, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got you. I understand what you're saying, you know, but I think what, what's unique bad. about this, what's, what's unique about this situation is the high level of uncertainty that we find ourselves in. And not to mention the, the fact that this, um, are like for the first time I would I would argue and I could be wrong in the history of humanity has the entire human community human family gotten together united against one common enemy this is not to say we're operating entirely together we're, not, we're clearly not doing that in many ways but we are united against one common enemy yeah. and because so right now there's there's so these these unique forces about it and I'm I'm not an expert on coronavirus neither like what we are doing is reading reading the news so we are getting sort of a data like sense of what other people are saying about 
about it, right? The problem is now every Joe Schmo on social media thinks they're a freaking expert, and that's that's a whole separate conversation. But <laughs> but like I'm not an expert. What what I, but on on that what what I'm you know what I would argue I'm an expert on is in the mindset piece and the fear piece and the the sort of the the mental health piece and the the this nature of the situation is that. It has shattered our sense of control over our world. Yeah. Before this, you know, we had a general sense that I could go about my day. I could wake up. Zombies are not going to take over. Or like I could go about my day. Now, granted, for example, like school shootings have been prevalent in the U.S. at a different level. That rocks people at a different level than than uh, others. But you know, we generally have a sense of control over our world. Today, we have that has all been shattered. And that is the like, I mean, to, I mean, I'm in New Jersey, which is right now the second highest state in the United States, which is the United States has the highest amount of coronavirus cases in the world as we speak. And you near New Jersey is the second highest state in the United States. So when you look at that, right, like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen the next day. We're on quarantine. The world's on quarantine, on lockdown. Nobody knows how long this is going to last, how long it needs to last. And that understandably creates a heightened sense of fear because I mean, inherently fear is the unknown, right? And this yeah. presents a great deal of unknown. Yeah. Cause it's, it's constantly mutating and changing. I exactly. Like, like the thing I want to say right now is I like, I'm thinking back about what I just said. It could sound like I'm one of those people like, Oh no, it's not a big deal. No, it is a big deal. Take it yeah, very, yeah. very seriously. Yeah. What I'm saying is don't lose your head about the fact that Respectful. don't feel like, um, this is the single worst thing I, yeah. ever that I've ever experienced, dude. I you're human. You. You, you you've gone through so many. You've and gone through like, yeah, yeah. Just piggybacking off your point though, it is that thing, right? And we were discussing this. Right now is the area that we actually have the most available to us. Because imagine if we were going through this and an EMP hit and wiped out all our technology. Oh man, yeah. Like right. we had no internet now. And right. I, I was going to say, how fucked up would it be if this ends up being the zombie virus, like, eventually, like, <laughs> yeah, 10, 10 years down the road, it's like, like, someone listens to this podcast, and they're like, oh, you motherfuckers don't know shit. There was that, right? <laughs> <laughs> that would no, be horrifying, yeah. That would be. Or this just this happens to be a thing that attracts a zombie towards our location. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, no, I want to hear Adel's voice. Oh, fuck that, damn that guy. <laughs> Who knows? I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm fucking around. If there is a future generation listening to this, I am an idiot, and we will always remember that. But one of the things you actually mentioned was the mindset piece, and the world is not going to be the same. I mean, over in the UK, we initially got told we're going to be on lockdown for three weeks. Yeah. So everyone panicked, boy, and now like yeah. at the store line where people like that, I get it, but like people are just afraid of you walking anywhere near them. Yeah. And I don't get the whole yeah. two meter rule. Personally, I don't really understand that because I'm like, if you exhale, your breath becomes part of the atmosphere. So again, yeah, I, I don't know enough about the science. Same, to, I, I, to, I really to want to find this shit out. <laughs> I'm going to ask a scientist today later on or something. Just like one of my friends like, hey, how do I do this? Anyway, yeah. no, I was going to say, was the world going in the way that it is? I actually kind of mentally have prepped for about 90 days to like, six yeah. months i'd say it's be like personally for me i hope it's a 90 day thing where in 90 days time we look back at this and you're right this is the great unifier and i hope and i hope and it's gonna sound crazy i hope at the end of this that we're a little bit kinder to each other afterwards you know i i hope like like i think that i think the greatest like one of the big tragedies from this is if we if we return from this looking to go back to the old normal that's going to be a that, that's a mistake if we are seeking to return like this is a great human adversity separate from our perspective on corona some people are like it's not that all, all that shit regardless of it no matter how it should be the reality is it is 
a great human adversity that we are collectively going through. And from everything I gather, there is no, like this is going to fundamentally change the normal, the, 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 the way the world is in every country from what I gather. Right. And now what, when we look at that, when we understand that we should not want to go back to the old normal, we should seek out a new normal, a better normal, because any trauma, any adversity, any suffering can either break us or it can have us grow stronger. Just like, I mean, as an individual who a Marine who went to war, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, but post-traumatic growth is just as real, if not more real. The fundamental problem is we have created a paradigm in our society that trauma adversity equals disorder. Like in the US, for example, when I tell people I'm a veteran or when it comes up, there's often this sense of pity, like, oh, poor you, you must be messed up in the head because there's this paradigm that war means war equals disorder. If you've gone to war, you're probably fucked in the head. But what we need to switch is the paradigm that trauma and adversity can be the greatest access points to growth because they are and they can be like I am grateful for every bit of suffering I've gone through in my life from addiction to depression to being on the verge of suicide to going to war to all this stuff. And collectively right now, like. Moments of great adversity can bring out the very worst or the very best in humanity. Like in war, for example, you see horrible atrocities, human beings doing awful things to each other, but you also see the finest in the human condition. You see people jumping on grenades and sacrificing their lives for each other. And right now, in moments of great adversity, you can see both of that. You can see people doing horrible things, but you can see the nobility of human beings, the nobility, the heroism at its highest level. And and courage cannot be exercised without fear. Strength cannot be exercised without struggle. So moments of struggle of adversity are the times that heroism rises that give us an opportunity to be noble opportunity to be heroic and like don't get me wrong i'm not saying i i'm glad the coronavirus is here like there's a lot of people i see like you know they'll say like god made this happen and this is a good thing like that's horse shit like there's a lot of people going through real suffering and i think that's like it extremely tone deaf and insensitive the point i'm making is it is here whether we like it or not it is here it's the reality now, of the situation exactly and now it's on us to realize that with this, we can grow stronger. With this, we can bring out the nobility of man, the heroism of human beings, the, the, the humanity at its finest, the essence of the human spirit. But that's on us, you know, and we got to make a choice. I agree with you. And it's this whole thing of like, I don't want people to downplay the seriousness of anything that's happening right now because we really need to keep our head like in the game, yeah. uh, so to speak. But you're right. It, it's this case of, um... oh my God, what? You know when you have like a train of thought and your brain just completely like loses it for a second? Yeah. <laughs> ah, for fuck's sake. Last thing you said, could you just repeat it back to me? Because I totally agree with you. It's just something that you just said that like my brain. I was kind of talking about how that like the 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 uh, uh, moments of adversity can bring out the that, nobility. The heroism. Yeah. 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 Heroism. Um, and right now it's kind of interesting because if you look at it from a business perspective, right now everyone is like a deer in headlights. Yeah. This is your time to rise as a leader. Even if you're listening to this ninety days out from now. You still have time because people are only slowly getting back into one foot in front of the other. Do you, okay, dude, do you know how many people I've spoken to that are in lockdown right now, that are business owners, I've said, because it's happened to me, I'm like, are you guys, like, getting up later in the day? Like, are you guys getting up around, like, 9, 10 o'clock in the day or 8 o'clock in the morning? And they're like, yeah. I was like, what time do you usually get up? Like, school days, like, 6.30, 6 o'clock, take my kids to school. I slap my day early. And I don't have any kids. I just have my cats. Dude, I've been sleeping through my fucking alarms. Mm -hmm. Like, today I got up like four hours later, like three hours later than I wanted to be. So instead I modified my day because podcasting mm -hmm. and I love doing mm -hmm. these. But it was a case of it threw my slight routine out of whack. So I had to like yeah, prioritize yeah. certain things. 
Yeah. But here's the thing. This is the one time if you outwork, if you start really putting the yeah. stuff out there, you will have more when everything kind of not goes back to normal, but the economy but recovers. We will, yeah, we will get to the other side of this, absolutely. Yeah. One way or another. I don't know what the world will look like, but we will. And, and your point is totally right. Yeah, remember it is time had, to... Yeah. I was going to say, remember that we had the whole thing with um, the the crash in 2008? Remember yeah. how, like, it was 2000, 2008, everyone thought the world was ending, like, businesses yeah. were closing up, people were kind of going crazy. It was nothing like this. It was just an economic downturn that was so yeah. bad that we thought it was yeah. going to be, like the greatest depression yeah I yeah mean, this is going to be like a pretty bad one but like guess yeah. what the cool thing is that everyone is still helping each other like i've seen the greatest acts of kindness of people oh, going man. to shops for other people for yeah. people actually offering to pay for other people's goods because they yeah. were like i don't it's have beautiful. enough it's beautiful and it's like just amazing and by yeah. the way homelessness this is the incredible thing there are more. There are less people I've seen in my neighborhood, and I'm not saying that it's everywhere. Just in my neighborhood, I've seen less homelessness in my mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen, like I've asked some people, and they're like, "Yeah, we're getting shelter at a certain place." Like there's certain mm-hmm. people that basically just mm-hmm. open up their businesses after hours. Mm-hmm. Listen, listen. Make um, shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a shelter for you guys. That's beautiful. Please make man. sure you don't destroy things. There's a kitchen. Please make sure you keep it clean. And you know, that's all. We just want you to stay. We want you guys to stay safe. Yeah, beautiful. It's like the nicest yeah. thing. I mean, it's not the best in the world, but it's like it's still better than nothing. It's like either yeah, I mean, outside. we could take taking steps to, I mean, to be in service of like, I mean, it, it, that's again, that's the thing. Like these experiences can really bring out that kind of nobility, and you you see that in moments of trials, moments of challenges, of adversity. So that's a beautiful thing that's happening, and yeah, that that kind of stuff you're seeing a lot of, and um, and at the same time, you obviously see the other side of humanity, but again, you only see the extremes when when we've been tested, which is why I individually on an individual level, I seek out those tests relentlessly. And now humanity at a collective level is being put to the test, whether we like it or not. It's here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those whole situations where you can either, um, it's the people that the quicker you realize the situation you're in is the situation you're in, the better you actually end up being prepared for Mm -hmm. it. And this is not where I thought this podcast was going to go, by the way, guys. (laughs) I legit had a whole different scenario and we ended up down this rabbit hole. But I am going to actually ask this other question to you because it comes down to like the idea of there's something else that you're known for that not a lot of people know you for, at least I didn't know you for, and that is getting mass publicity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you are really good at it. I mean, considering (laughs) what the the situation we're in right now, how the fuck do you actually do like, so relating back to my other point, while you're trying to get ahead and stuff, how do you use publicity in today's day and age to actually mass produce that level of um, getting your, catapulting yourself forward? Because yeah. you can do a little bit and you get like a little bit more celebrity authority in your industry. But yeah. how do you take that to like a higher level? Yeah, you know, I mean, this is uh, again not to exploit advert, not to exploit the struggles of, of people and sort of exploit a crisis. But the reality is when people are in a crisis, there's more pain right now. There's more suffering right now. There's more struggle right now. Not to mention people are at home right now consuming more content than ever before. Therefore, the media is seeking more content than before. And I'm not hypothesizing this. Like an editor at entrepreneur.com wrote to their contributors saying that we were looking for more content right now to address the situation because people are at home consuming that content. So this is, I mean, if you have any anybody in this sort of expert industry, if you got a business, not even the expert, any business, this is the time to share your message because... 
as like I, I, you know, mo- and most of us in the expert industry, and I say most because there are some people who really don't give two shits about others and are just sort of you know out of integrity, lying, cheating, stealing, that kind of thing. But most of us are out there in this industry to help, to serve, to make a difference. We have a community in various methods. Our messages are all different, but ultimately, we want to help people better their lives, right? To some degree, in various methodologies, in various uh, avenues. And this is a time to get that message out there. Like this could not be a better time um, to do that because people are in greater pain. So, I mean, you should be actively getting yourself out there every single day. You should be pitching the media. I mean, my like I've been really blessed, like you said, with a good bit of publicity success when I launched Fearvana. I mean, I had no platform, as you know, man. We've been in touch since then, right? Like no platform, unknown. I not only did I, I mean, I, I was blessed. I got the Dalai Lama to write, who wrote, who wrote a forward for my book, yeah. you know? And then from there, like Cal Newport, Jack Canfield, uh, Marie Forleo have all kind of given me endorsements and then getting massive podcast, Aubrey Marcus podcast, Jordan Harbinger show, Dr. Drew, you know, TV, online incredible. media. Yeah. Like Inc, Forbes, entrepreneur.com, all of it. I've been really blessed with some success and figured out a little bit of this game. And, and now, and I'd kind of put a little bit of a pause cause I was focusing on other things, but right now, and because of what happened, I'm like now pushing hard to get out there. Uh, because I know, I know, and and this is another thing. If you believe in your, your message can help people, then it's your responsibility to get out of your own way. Like it's your responsibility to share your story. I believe that. Like it's, I believe it's our responsibility. And we get caught up in our own stuff, right? Like shit, I shouldn't do this now. I don't want to explore a crisis. Is this the right way? Is this the wrong oh, way? I don't know what to do. That or I don't of, know that, what that's to that's do. That's the big one for me, at least, is I don't know what to do. So I'm gonna actually ask. Yeah, you I can question. break it down. Yeah, yeah. So for sure. So let's just say, so my skill set, you know it better than most, is I can not only am I, I'm a half decent interviewer, but like in my opinion, I I really thrive under pressure of coming up with copy on the fly on like how to save businesses in this situation, strategies, yeah. all using copywriting and shit that I've actually picked up. Now, how do I actually turn that skill from like, I'm just going to write a couple of blog posts on my site to I'm now being like inside big publications um, yeah. where my stuff is actually being contributed. Like, how do I make that jump up? Roger that. Yeah. So uh, first off, to, to address your point is like, if you have that skill, I mean, it's, it's nothing wrong with blogging, but putting a, putting a post on your blog with like, I'm not saying your blog has one reader, just no, if, you're listening, course, yeah. if your blog has no readers, who cares? So fo- instead of focusing on posting your stuff on your, on anybody's blog, focus on the media. So let's talk about how to do that. I would, first off, you got to get some structure around this thing. When I first started running around like a chicken with his head cut off, do not do that. So what do I mean by structure? Open up a Google Excel spreadsheet, write down all the uh, media outlets you want to get featured in. So let's look at your example, right? Writing copy, helping businesses grow. Great places to look at. Forbes, entrepreneur.com, Inc., Fast Company, right? These are all business-focused media outlets. Uh, start writing down business-focused podcasts, business-focused blogs. Start start by building a database of where you want to go so you're not just like, again, running around like a crazy person because the structure will give you systems to follow that structure. So that's what I would do is start with there. Then let's say you go to Inc., right? I would, what I would like, so what I would do when I was uh, launching Fear Vaughn, I was, I would write Inc. Fear. Just Google Inc. Fear. And who's writing about fear? Now, my topic, you can, you can put under the umbrella of any personal development category. And same thing with your topic under any business category. Anything related to business growth, you can tie in copywriting. I mean, we all know it's one of the most, I mean, if you can sell through words, it's the most important skill to, 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 to grow your business. Right. So start looking up writers, freelance writers who write for, who write about business growth in any context. And then all you have to do is frame your skill, which is focused on copywriting around what they are writing. And and what is the news of the day? The news of the day right now obviously is coronavirus. So 
like when I wrote to writers, you know, I got on Forbes, Entrepreneur.com, Inc. I would find people writing about personal growth and personal development because my topic was Fearvana. And then I would often reach out. I would sometimes go directly into a pitch. Uh, and sometimes in this case, I would because of what's happened with coronavirus, I would go directly into a pitch. But when I started, I had like a six month um, window between sort of building the relationships and launching my book. So I would often start just by building a relationship like, hey, I love this article. Thank you for the work you're doing, you know, and then start connecting. We would do a Skype call. Some of them I would I end up going to their house to have lunch and they become friends of mine. You know, some of these media, these people who write for articles. So in this case, I would go directly to a pitch. And in your case, you know, like copywriting. Uh, um, to grow business, I would look at what they're writing, look at popular articles on any media outlet. Uh, what is the frame and how do you adjust that frame? So you could look at, and this is just off the top of my head, a lot of this process is brainstorming. So you could say, you know, like uh, three ways to 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 uh, to multiply your revenue, even in the coronavirus, using a simple technique or something like that. Like you're basically framing uh how to, how can a business, because business owners, you know, understanding your market, right? So business owners are struggling, they're in pain. What are their pain points and how can you address that? How can you address that to help them get out of their pain and use this time? Because they're all struggling with the coronavirus. So you can say, you know, master this one skill and this will guarantee you succeed whether or not uh, uh, the, you know, help you guarantee, guarantee success through the pandemic. And that's not a lie. That's true. Because if you can sell through words, you're going to sell, you're going to grow your business through the pandemic. Cause one way or the other, yes, people are struggling financially, but that doesn't mean people are not buying. There is money there. And especially business owners, they're going to be out there looking, how the hell can I grow my business right now? So you should be pitching the entrepreneur.coms, the fast company, the Forbes, uh, you know, you can become either a contributor. There's two ways to do it. You can become a contributor or do what I was previously suggesting, uh, pitching freelance writers to write about you. So entrepreneur.com, look up the, who's the main editor. Actually, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it's not hard to find. And then you could write, like create, like, you know, create articles and pitch article ideas to each one of these things. Same thing with ink. You can write a, like create a, suggest a column. You got to get a little creative. And the best way to do that is how can your message be counterintuitive? So look at what, and this is something I don't know because I don't know your industry, but I can share it in my own industry. But like, what is everybody saying and how is what you're saying different? And you're not going to just be counterintuitive for the sake of being counterintuitive, but like no matter what, anybody with any message can find ways to be counterintuitive in a way that's like, you're not just making shit up or lying. You're actually believing it. So my message is inherently very counterintuitive. I say things like why fear is like people often frame fear as the enemy of love. I'm like, fear is not the enemy of love. Fear is an expression of love. Why we should not be fearless. Fear is actually beautiful. How trauma is not a bad thing and why we can make trauma work for us or why be positive is useless advice and what we should do instead. All kinds of stuff that is counterintuitive to what most people are saying around and like even with mental health right now so when i pitch media outlets right now a lot of people are talking like i mean i'm literally talking about why mental why our conventional approach to mental health is deeply flawed starting with the fact that we believe mental health means attentionless state without anxiety but mental health is not the absence of chaos it's actually the embracing of conflict and chaos so stuff like that is very counterintuitive and i'm pitching the media that way um so that's kind of just a little breakdown of, you know, you, you, it, it takes a little bit of brainstorming to figure out article ideas. What are people saying? How can you be different? Um, cause you gotta remember right now, like while there is a lot of content people are seeking that also mean there's a lot of people out there pushing for, uh, like, you know, to try to get that media exposure, but man, with what you do, like you are teaching business owners, the most important skill there is. You should, without a doubt, be getting on like entrepreneur.com, all this stuff. You just got to frame your story the right way. Um, I mean, like how, you know, how to sell during the coronavirus. I mean, that's a very, 
I wouldn't use that subtitle, but like that's the essence of it. And then from that umbrella, that meta level of uh, how to make money, even during the coronavirus, you can come up with all little kind of taglines, headlines that are counterintuitive, framed in a different way, you know? I can think uh, of a couple, but like I'm gonna, yeah. I'm not, I'm not gonna like get everyone to like listen on this bit because like you and I can discuss this later on. Yeah. Um, but specifically, what I was gonna say that's actually very, very impactful and something I'm very curious about that you just mentioned right now is the mental health aspect because while we've actually kind of flirted around the topic at the start of the show, we didn't really get into it. Yeah. And that is, there is a lot of people that are actually gonna suffer from like loneliness and kind of like Absolutely. isolation, especially to live by themselves. Um, or even if they don't live by themselves, they're going to get on top of each other. What are the best ways they can actually use that to communicate and open up? Because the advent of the internet is the best thing. Yes, social communication and contact by meeting people is difficult to do so because we do need that. But the second best thing we can do is call face-to-face. Because yeah. if you can see someone's face, if you can lock eyes with someone even through a screen, that gives you some semblance of hope versus isolation, no locking eyes with anything. Totally. Especially if they're talking to you and not just on a TV screen. Yeah. Um, so what is it that people can do, in your opinion right now, that they can actually help themselves in those states to actually kind of battle through the isolation and find ways around everything? Yeah. So, and this is actually something I'm pitching media about to, to tie into the other point. In my, like what I'm seeing, and this is again coming to, we'll tie both elements, the media element and the mental health element is like, so I'm researching what are people saying about this, right? And most people, when they talk about isolation and quarantine and how to handle it, they are offering advice that I would argue from experience and research is deeply, deeply flawed and highly destructive. I mean, it's not, it's not entirely destructive, but it is because it's operating from the same paradigm, how we operate before the coronavirus. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So most of the advice out there is like, do this, that, and the other thing to escape the solitude. Everything, every advice is like, go for a dance, do some exercise, you know, watch Netflix, connect with people virtually. And all that stuff has value. But all we are telling people to do is find ways to escape from the pain. And we do this. We have done this before the coronavirus. And we're doing the same stupid shit during the coronavirus. And we're and if we don't change our way of thinking, we're going to do the same stupid shit after the coronavirus. So what we need to do, see, connection is valuable. It's necessary, but it should not be a bandaid for solitude. We like you can have, you can master solitude and connection. So if you are alone and it's not easy, but use this time to master the experience of solitude. Like I live alone, man. I live alone. I have no, you know, not married or anything anymore. And, uh, I'm, I'm in self quarantine most of my life, you know, and I struggled with it for a long time, but I spent seven days in pitch darkness, isolation and silence to master the experience of solitude. And that means you've got to go into those spaces that are hard. It means you got to be still with yourself. Don't we live in like, again, coronavirus or not, we are constantly running away from ourselves. Before this thing went down, we are on phones, we are on computer, we're on like, uh, we're drinking, we're doing drugs, we're even the positive things. We're running, we're working out, we're working on our business. We are doing anything possible to avoid going deep within, to avoid stillness, to avoid going into the consciousness. Why? Because that shit is hard. Because going deep within means we'll have to confront ourselves, confront our demons, confront our darkness. And that is far from easy. But when you do that, you will come out better on the other side. Carl Jung puts it beautifully. He says, one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious. So that means going into those spaces. If you are forced into solitude right now, which we all are to some degree, even if you're with other people, 
don't waste this time. Like, because when this is over and we're now, now you'll have the luxury to go out to do all these things right now, because you've been forced into isolation, use this time to confront that shit. It won't be easy, but I promise you will come out on the other side. Like I'll give you, I have plenty of examples of this. I mean, I was, as we mentioned, you know, I was on the Dr. Drew podcast and at the end of the interview, uh, this, they were doing call-ins and this woman called in, she had been in the Boston bombing and was struggling with some PTSD around that. And, um, uh, Dr. Drew offered some advice on how to help her. I was offering some advice on how to help her. And at one point I was talking to her, okay, when you feel the ex experiences, when you feel the anxiety show up, you know, I want you to just kind of pause, be with it, notice the emotion, label the emotion, understand the emotion. And she kind of said, and I was kind of having this conversation with her and she goes, yeah, but that's really uncomfortable and really hard. And I said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is really hard being with anxiety. Of course it is. That's the nature of anxiety, of fear, of stress. These are not easy emotions to be with, but they're not negative. They're just challenging. But the thing is like, her and it's not her fault. I'm not blaming this woman. We're always looking for the easiest way out. But the thing is, if she goes into those spaces, she confronts that anxiety, she sits with it, she will navigate, she'll walk, she will get out of the struggle she was facing around her symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. But you got to go into the suck to come out on the other side of the suck. Otherwise, you're just going to live your whole life in this subconscious pain. And Carl Jung also says, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So there's a lot of other stuff I can go into mental health, but in terms of the solitude element, like don't use connection as a bandaid to conf like to run away from solitude, go okay. into yourself. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of reasons and stuff I've been looking at as well on how, like, that's the whole reason that psychedelics always interested me. Yeah. Was, um, I didn't actually go into it. I didn't really look into it until like, you know, a certain time later on, but like, it was a fascination because it's it's the only thing that really it, it pre isolation. It was the only thing that I really realized that would actually draw you completely one thousand yeah. percent into yourself. Like it it wasn't a case of like okay, I'm going to take this and go outside. Yeah, if you went outside, you really weren't experiencing it. But if like you were there, it was like no, like meditation. You, you can meditate them. and actually get to that same spot. But the problem yeah. is you have to meditate for some time to let your brain get used to that kind of like I've got to traverse this pathway. Absolutely. That's free falling inwards. You just free fall yeah. backwards into yourself and go, oh, this is the craziness that's in there. Yeah. But it's also quite lovely, which is why it's a healing mechanism when you're around the right people. But if, yeah. you're, do if you're right now by yourself, and it's something I said to a friend, they have, um, and I don't mean this in a hard way. So if you're listening, you know, I don't really mean this out of like anything outside of love. They have horrible self esteem issues, mm. like mm. physically, body bodily, physical um, self esteem issues. So what I told them was like, dude, what is the one thing that you don't like about yourself? Like, I really don't like my gut, like, well, the way my gut looks. I'm like, all right, you got 90 days. You got a strict budget of what you can eat. You have to fast. Why? Because it's going to be financially good for you, but also it's going to save you on toilet paper. <laughs> and yeah, you're going to start off literally, start off with a two day fast that will actually reset your taste buds and then choose what you feel covers most of the food that you actually enjoy to eat. And he was like, you know what? I really like eating healthy. He was like me. He likes snacking more than he liked eating yeah. unhealthily. Um, so he was just like, yeah, no, I just found a way to make all my foods healthy. Yeah. Um, and he's in the UK. So like the difference is that in the US, your bread is terrible, by the way. Your, your guys <laughs> a bread, lot a lot of our foods are not nearly as good as they are in the europe i know yeah. well aware <laughs> yeah because like whenever i was tell people like yeah so i had some bread they're like oh my god you had bread do you know how much sugar there is now it's like not a lot there should not be any sugar in this motherfucker more than just a little bit and like oh i was like yeah, you, yeah so yeah. i tried some american bread i was like this is brioche so i'm like it's, it's like our sweet bread it's like you're normal so like goddamn so anyway and i got a sweet tooth and so did he 
So he was like, I just realized that I could make the bread at home. And because he has a bread maker, so I've got all the ingredients. I'll start making the bread at home and then I'll freeze the loaves because then he can like take the loaves out at later dates and they'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, and they'll last for about three months. So he did this and he's lit for the last like two, three weeks. He's literally been eating less sugar, eating more healthily, That's getting awesome. more like yeah. a balanced diet in. That's awesome. And he's like, that's one, but two, he's waking up and he's listening to like self-development audios in the morning before awesome. he goes to sleep. Yeah. In the daytime, yeah, by all means, watch junky TV, like watch Netflix, do some meditation, do some journal reading, do whatever you want. But I keep telling him, the thing you need to check in with every single day is, are you checking yourself to take one step forward, get 1% better? Like my thing, my big challenge during this is I'm writing a book, I'm working out, I'm trying to work out. I should be honest about that. <laughs> I'm eating a little bit better, but it's like a case of like, I know within 90 days, I, when I come out the other side of this, I want to like, A, physically look a little bit more ripped than I did before. I feel you. Yeah. I want to have good eating habits. I want to have my brain in the right place. And yeah. when I come out of this, it's going to be like, I, I'm doing everything I can to push myself further than where I was because right now we have that level That's of playing what, field. Yeah. We, have, we yeah. actually have time right now. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a ridiculously it, it's a time that if your if your perspective is glass half empty, there's like that's that's a good thing in some cases. But seriously, please have a look at like the other side. Yeah, of how you can turn that around. And yeah, people are seeing this as glass yeah. half full. I I don't want to dim your lightness, but honestly, like also look at it from a realistic standpoint as well. Like yeah. basically, find some realism around you and go. I've got ninety days. I can bitch and moan about this, so I can make the most of it. Turn yeah. into a self party and enjoy yourself. Like go yeah, in with I mean, and absolutely. do all the work you need to do. Absolutely. I always like to look at when that question about glass half empty or glass half full. On a truly spiritual way, if you look at it, the glass simply is. Yeah. The glass simply is. And what is that? What does that mean? It means accept the isness of things, and then you get to decide what you do with it. So the glass is neither half empty, neither half full, or it is both half empty and half full. It simply is accepting, and that's just. I mean, sp- acceptance is such a profound spiritual concept right i mean it's the essence of spirituality is the acceptance of the isness of reality so accepting the isness and then deciding what you want to do with it you know like i mean everything is an opportunity no matter how bad things get and i get that somebody hearing this who's in some real dark place can be like that's bullshit he's sitting there in his you know in his comfort zone uh it, it it's it's easy for him to say first like i mean one thing is like i've been through some shit as you know in war but like even my thing forget about my story look at the most extreme example victor frankel Man's Search for Meaning, one of the most profitable books of all time, right? I mean, he was in a concentration camp. The depth of human suffering he has experienced in Auschwitz. Yeah. Yeah. He's just any concentration camp. He was like the most insane one. Lost his family in the in 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 the Holocaust. Like, I mean, what he went through is a depth of human suffering that most of us cannot even fathom. And uh and he found, I mean, his whole book is about how do you find meaning even in that hell? You know, how do you find beauty? How do you find opportunity even in that? And he sort of he says in the last of great human freedoms is our ability to choose our own attitude in any cir- given circumstance. So any moment is an opportunity, no matter how bad any moment is an opportunity. And it's on us to decide what we do. And I'm not saying it's easy. Like there the inherent like one thing to be very clear is nothing I say or anybody says is making it easy, but that should not be the goal. I think the fundamental problem, like I was on one interview where somebody asked me a specific scenario, like, okay, like, you know, how, uh, some, what if somebody's going through a divorce or this situation or give me specific scenarios, how would you help them? I said, regardless of the specific scenario, the fundamental problem in the human condition is we are looking for the easiest way out of that problem. And by doing so, we are only hurting ourselves. 
by we are trying to run away from the pain, look for the and, and I get it because obviously pain sucks. It's hard being in state of pain. So inevitably we want to look for the, the way out of it. But if instead of you just looking for the way out of it, you look for the opportunity within it, you'll find in tremendous beauty and spiritual awakenings. And and paradoxically, and or like ironically, that's so that'll be the fastest way to get out of it as well, you know? So is the acceptance of it. So you know what's Embrace absolutely it. you know what's absolutely crazy right now. My brain starts to look through and going, "Oh my god!" All the people I look up to and the closest to me that have done like the shit that I want to do, all of them have the same goddamn motto: "Life is suffering. Get used to it. Find a way to be happy with it, and don't run away from the hard shit." I'm like, "Oh, yeah. for, for the love of goodness!" God damn it. <laughs> and it's like it's so true because like every religion at its core has that same life thing. It's suffering. like yeah. life. Life is not here as a party. You are literally like Islam has. Um, for me, like I've, you know me, I've studied like so many religions. Yeah. I went through so many different things myself. But I grew up Muslim, and like the craziest thing was, um, and I am still, but like in the sense of I've actually studied other places as well, and I went through my own yeah. journey with that. Um, one of the biggest things that really came to me was the whole thing in Islam. It, it blatantly just says outright, "This is your test. This is not your mm-hmm. fun zone. This is a place mm-hmm. you go for you. Like it's essentially this is your ground of te- this is your testing mm-hmm. grounds. These mm-hmm. are your battlegrounds. Go mm-hmm. go forth in this world yeah. and see what there is. Yeah. And like every tradition has that, and every religion yeah. has that. So it's beautiful. But what really gets me is the fact that you there was such a perfect line right now, which is we can now change Schrodinger's cat to Schrodinger's wine glass or Nanavati's mm-hmm. wine glass. <laughs> um, if you want, it's like what's that? It's the theory that it's not that it's half empty or half full. It just is. That is like your whole theory in like in <laughs> one sense. Um, God, you is. can actually write a whole fucking doctrine on that. But still, anyway, my brain is trying to write a doctrine on that. But essentially, it's the craziest thing because if you look at it from that perspective, that like what is is just truly there. You actually accept life far easier. And you're right. People Absolutely. run away from the hardest communications there are because they want the easy fix. Yeah. But also, on the flip side of that. Some people are delusional about, like, they're too hard-headed trying to work out a problem that is saying, please walk away. Like, in relationships, you're trying to, like, put effort in, and the other person said, I'm not interested. This is not going to happen. Yeah. And you keep moving forward. That's not a problem or a challenge. That's life telling you, please go somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, or even with, like, business, you're, like, knocking your head trying to do the same thing. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And it's not worked. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, over again, again and getting and expecting a different result. Yeah. Like you gotta, change your yeah. strategy. Change who you're talking to. Find Get the feedback. Group. Yeah. Look for the feedback, internal and external, and uh, adapt and overcome. Yeah. You know, I totally, totally feel you, man. Like I always like to say, like, it's not about which uh, it's always about like you always got to ask yourself which struggle am i willing to endure in any situation in life there are kind of two crossroads either i stay in this relationship either i leave either i work in a corporate job that i hate or i start this business you know uh any situation there's always kind of the two paths the crossroads and you got to ask and either crossroad there's going to be a struggle either crossroad no matter what the crossroad you kind of name it there's going to be a struggle you know uh, uh, either i don't get fit either i eat this donut or i go exercise there's a struggle in both cases there's going to be some pain in both cases so the question to always ask yourself is which struggle do am i willing to endure i always like to say don't ask yourself which passion am i willing to follow ask yourself which struggle am i willing to endure and wh- when you ask yourself that question then get clear on the struggle this path will involve this struggle this path will involve this struggle which struggle am i willing to endure then make a choice and then endure it because you're going to have to endure it. Like one thing is if you don't seek, I always like to say too, like if you don't seek out a worthy struggle, struggle will find you anyway. 
it's going to find you anyway. You're going to suffer one way or the other in life. So you might as well seek out a meaningful suffering, a worthy struggle. Pursue a meaningful challenge worthy of who you are and who you want to be for yourself and the world. And keep fighting, man. Shit gets hard. God knows it gets hard. I go through low moments still, you know, as oh, we were we talking have. about. We, we, yeah, we, we talk about, yeah, like the darkness doesn't, like I, just because I say these things doesn't mean the darkness doesn't strike me. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just developed a better relationship with the darkness. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the best things that you can actually do is actually have that level of relationship with it and go, it's dark, it's painful, it's scary, yeah. but I'm going to lean in and embrace. Absolutely. Because that, that is like one of the nicest things you can really do. Now, one of the more, what's it called? One of the more interesting aspects of all of that and like how people can actually deal with this is actually towards, um, oh my God, where's my brain going with this? Wholeness, create, ah, fuck it. All right, that point's gone. My brain's not catching that train <laughs> right back anymore. God damn it. I've, I've been really scatterbrained whenever I'm doing these shows <laughs> because like some, like I get really excited and my brain thinks of like four things and I don't write them down. <laughs> I got you. Joys. But anyway, so what I was going to actually ask with, um, not so much like with, the good news is that you can still get books delivered to your house. You can still find yeah. courses online. You can still do yeah. stuff like that. So my uh, my question to you right now is it used to be what five books would you recommend people watch or read or yeah. movies they relax to? But if you, and I'm actually going to ask you it this way, what are five things like books or courses that you would recommend people go through during this time to up-level their skills and thinking mm -hmm. and processes and everything else like that? Mm -hmm. And what are three movies that people can watch that would be good for them to relax to that you actually want because let's be honest we all watch movies like i fucking yeah, got disney yeah. plus the i, I love week. i love movies yeah <laughs> I, i've been watching like the entire like my treat at the end of my day is to watch one of the marvel movies again so i can actually space them out i got day. you i got so, you <laughs> like, so what are your five and then what are your three uh okay so let's start with movies my f like one of my favorite movies of all time is the dark knight series so there's three movies right there batman begins dark knight and dark knight rises dude those movies are not just superhero movies in my opinion they're they're they're, they're very spiritual movies if you really look deep and they're like extremely spiritual movies uh those you could find a lot of profundity a lot of depth in them in navigating life man uh there's like a lot of beauty in them and then ultimately you know so also again it depends what people are like pursuing and stuff so like so if we look at the books and and, and looking at a meta level like ultimately there's only four things you can train in, in in life you can train it your mind you can train your body you can train your spirit which you know there's there's a lot of stuff in how you how that fits in your mind but i i like to put spirit in a separate category and then you can train at your craft so when it comes to four books i would say find one uh, or five books Find one on training your craft, find one on training your body, find one on training your mind. Then I would say the next three, look at mind and spirit, because those are everything like the mind and spirit is going to what you help you master your uh, body and your craft. So if we look at some books off the top of my head, like your craft, I don't know, that depends on your craft every. So if your business read a book on growing a business, you know, like a, a copywriting book, a, a, a startup book, whatever it may be, you know, the lean startup, like if, if that's your thing, if it's chess, look for a chess book, find one on your craft and, and pursue that fitness. There's so many fitness books out there. My favorite, one of my fitness mentors is Bobby Maximus. So he has a great book called the Maximus body, you know, look for, look for a book on how to, how to grow your body or your nutrition during this time. And then when it comes to mind and spirit, that's where I would put most emphasis because that's going to be your point of leverage. If you master your mind and your spirit, that's where you 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 you'll get much better at your craft and your body. So, 
you know, I won't, sh- I, I don't want to sort of uh, toot my own horn here, but Fear of Honor is a pretty good one. <laughs> no, no, I'd say Fear and, of Honor is on that list as a legit contender because, if anything, it is the one play- like it's one of the books that actually has tools to deal with stuff. And I don't yeah. mean it in the sense of like other books don't, but like uh, other books kind of like are slightly open to interpretation. Like, here's how I do it now, follow yeah. along with my journey, but it doesn't ask you the same questions that that person asked themselves. It's like, yeah. when you get to this point, you will know the question you must ask. Yeah. Like, no, I don't. Whereas your book is like, okay, here's how you actually do this. Like, step one, do this. Step that's two, why I did this. it. That's why I did it. I created a training exercise because one of my beef with many personal development books is they're just ideas. How do I implement those ideas? So again, not to sort of do my own harm, but it's based on a lot of research. I read over a hundred books. So it's almost a compilation of many other personal development books. And it's, and it's so fundamental. I mean, it's fear is the most primal emotion. You master your fear, you master suffering. I mean, that's the essence of the book. How do you develop a positive relationship with suffering, which is by far the most important skill to master in life. So that's why that book addresses what is is the most important skill to master in life. That book is around that concept. Man's search for meaning is around that. How do you find meaning even in the darkest of times? You know, one of the more profound books, uh, one of my favorites, without a doubt, in in that um, in that realm of navigating human suffering. You know, uh, and then there's so many other good ones. It's hard to pinpoint which one. Um, if I had to point one other one, like maybe, and cause recently I've been exploring my own relationship to faith. So I would sort of put, if you look at sort of one in the science category, I can point a few out. There's one and more in the faith category, but the one that I really enjoyed recently was when bad things happen to good people. A uh, very powerful book uh, from Rabbi Harold Kushner. That was a really good one. But if you do want to go in more into the science category, there's a book called Buddha's Brain by Dr. Rick Hansen. That's a really good one. And I'll throw one more book in because I just read it and I'm really digging it. It's called With Winning in Mind. It's written by an Olympic gold medal winning athlete. So it, it's it's offers some great insights on how to pursue mastery. How do you win? So that one's a really good one too. Yeah, and there's again, there's tons, right? I have a boatload on my Kindle, ton in my bookshelf upstairs. <laughs> but those are a few off the top of my head. Yeah, I I love those as ideas as well as books that you would recommend. One other thing I would add to this, um, so kind of like jumping back to the Dark Knight series, I love those. Clearly, I'm a huge fan. I dressed up as a joke for many years, <laughs> and I can do Keith Ledger's voice for it. So obviously, a fan. <laughs> but it's just a great movie to like a great series That's of movies so to watch. Um, but kind of like one other thing I'd add to the books is I'd say find a book series that's fictional that you haven't read in a long time that you enjoy. So for a lot of my friends that are in like our generation and stuff like that, I'd say the Harry Potter series or Lord of the Rings are classics that we can actually mm-hmm. read because mm-hmm. there's a lot of spiritual lessons in those. But also, mm. it's just a really good escape book. I'm not going to lie. It's just a really I good thing you. you can get into and like chill out in. Um, but yeah, th- those are great times. And like... yeah. If you're having a hard time with the whole, I was going to say, if you're going to have a hard time with the craft thing, my suggestion, honestly, is quite simply this. Look at the, don't just look at the areas. It depends what um, theory you subscribe to. Do you subscribe to the lean in on all your strengths and double down on those? Or are you a type of person that's like, I need to work on my weaknesses as well right now? Because those are the two schools of thought. Yeah, yeah. Do I improve my weaknesses so much so that they never get exploited? Um, or do I actually just double down my strength because they're so strong they'll carry through they'll carry me through anything? Yeah. Um, so I'd Where, say find the like find the book that most subscribes to your theory and get better at that. Yeah, I got you. No, makes sense. And where I kind of sit on that is somewhere 
in between, I guess I would say like there's value in um, like, for example, like I suck at like accounting. I hate that. And I don't choose to devote time to I don't want to pursue mastery at that. You know, like I don't want to I don't care. Like so you got to kind of this is where a lot of self-awareness practice comes in is like, what do you want to devote? um, Like, what do you want to work on your weakness? Like, Like as an example, when it comes to fitness. I suck at the rowing machine. I'm not a, I'm not great at the rowing machine, but I do it because it's good mental training and it, and my goal is not to be the best rower in the world. I don't care. Like that's not even like it's not even 1% my goal, but I still do it because I know it's a weakness and working on that weakness, going through the suffering of the rowing machine improves my mind. It improves my body obviously too, but it trains me in other areas. So that's how you can kind of think about it in one way in pursuing weaknesses, but at the same time you also want to double down on your strengths like like it'd be stupid for me to like try to uh, like try to become the next accountant or something. You know what I mean? Like not that there's, not there's anything wrong with accountant. It's just not my strength. There's people who are really good at that kind of stuff. Like I'm good at big vision, connecting with people, adaptability. Like I love doing podcasts, and I think I'm pretty good at it. You know, so I think you're pretty good at it too. Thank you. Just way back on. <laughs> so uh, you know, pursue pursue that. Like the growth mindset, man. Growth mindset is everything. And then again, you also be pragmatic in the sense that like. Don't pretend like I, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm going to I would never be the next Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan. I'm not going to go into NBA. So like I exercise some pragmatism on it, but approach it with like the growth mindset that when I exercise effort, I know I'm going to get better. So, you know, don't be like a dumbass and say if you're like four foot, you're going to be the next Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm not saying it's quote unquote impossible if you're like, you know, still starting early. But now at 35, even if I try to pursue basketball, it would be really stupid for me to try to pursue to become the next, you know, Michael Jordan. That would just be a waste of time, effort, and energy. So, you know, you exercise some healthy pragmatism about it um, and practicalness about it. And then pursue whatever craft you want to pursue, like you see that where, where it can lead you somewhere and then exercise the growth mindset on that, you know, pursuing that relentlessly. I agree with you entirely. See, my philosophy is not far off to yours. Yeah. Because my philosophy is know enough about your weakness. Yeah. To be proficient enough to like stop it being too much weakness. Similar to you, accountancy is my worst thing. So what I'm doing over this time period is I'm uh, listening to How to Talk Money, mm-hmm. um, which is a great book because that book breaks down. It's an audio book for me. It literally just breaks down uh, how to speak money. That's it. It's essentially... um. The, the author takes concepts in business and puts them into a language that I can understand. Like one of the oh, best cool. things about them was like, um, and I think you'd love this because you're a hip hop head as well. It's the idea of like taking um, Wu-Tang's cream cash rules, everything around me as your idea into how you get cash flow into your business. And he breaks down the lyrics and like the ideas behind cream in a way that accountancy works for your brain. So it's kind of like, so if your cash flow is your, is your cream because it needs to rule everything around you, how do you actually go ahead and create that? Well, you need to make sure this is done, this is done, this is done in this order. If this is out of place here, this is going to screw you up over here. Yeah. Just like how, and then he gives you another hip hop reference. And it's kind of like marinated into like a culture that I understand better. Roger that. So yeah. It's a really cool way. So for me, that's Love one it. of the ways. But that's not enough to say that I want to go out and become the greatest accountant that you just said. Exactly, yeah. Um, but it's enough to, for me that if in times of danger I can look at my stat sheet and be like, I know where I'm at. Exactly, exactly, um, yeah. But it's this idea of like, at the same time, I'm not going to double down on my strength of copywriting. What I am going to do is I'm going to be studying other ways I can apply my copywriting exactly. to different mediums. Love because it. the thing is, like, if I keep strengthening the whole thing and like, keep taking copywriting courses, I'm going to level with you guys. 
I used to do that and I got to a point where I hit a plateau because at that plateau, I started outperforming nearly anyone that taught me anything. Like mm-hmm. I would take a course, I'd take their best letter, I'd write the competing letter, I'd test it out and my results would be higher than what they posted. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, okay, fine, keep moving forward. Not saying that I know more than all copywriters, I really don't. I still study other people's yeah. stuff. I still oh, go through it, but I don't yeah. do it as obsessively as I used to. Whereas before I'd take like, if you look at my history, from 18 to 24, I lived on John Carlton's blog, and I think I did a copywriting course a week. Wow. And sometimes I would redo them. If wow. I was asleep, I'd listen to the audio. I was obsessive, and that's how I got to where I'm at today, is I was yeah. obsessed over it. Yeah. Um, but now it's the idea of marketing myself. So now, like, the, the area of my business that I'm focusing on is how do I market myself using my skills in different yeah. industries? Yeah. That yeah. is, like, a whole pipeline going somewhere else. All right, that. Um, so it's just a crazy thing. So you're just completely right. But one of the last things I do want to like leave people with today um, is asking you the simple question. If there were three things that people can do right now, because we've discussed a lot about what they can do, but if we can narrow it down to just three things they could do right now at the end of the show, right away to help them kind of like lower that anxiety bar and open up the clarity in their mind, what would they do and how? Okay, so three things to to navigate the anxiety. I guess we're focusing on the coronavirus situation, just that, right? Just like any, or just anxiety. in general. Okay, general. Okay, anxiety. Number one thing you can do to uh, navigate the mind and the spirit is exercise. Like, it sounds simple, and maybe you've heard people talk about it, and it is simple. But like, barring serious physical issues, it is the best thing you can do for your mental health, for your physical health, for your spiritual health. One neuroscientist calls it miracle growth for the brain because of what it does to the synaptic connections in the brain. That's the thing that like, I mean, exercise saved me from addiction multiple times, you know, from alcohol and drugs. So exercise, I would say start an exercise routine and that shit, you don't have to get complicated with it, man. Like go on YouTube and Google at home body workout. Like if you are at home, you know, right now and you can't go out at home body workout, you'll find something. There are so many X. Yeah, I've heard of that. There's so many fitness influencers doing like Bobby Maximus. He has a free 30 day plan you can check out. He's he's a he's he's like a fitness mentor of mine. Jason Ferrugia, you know, there's tons of uh, fitness mentors, friends of mine who are sharing so many golden at home body workouts. So that's the number one thing you can do is um, is is exercise, I would say. Number two, to master your emotions is you got, you got like, let's look at the, the meta level here is there's a space between your emotion and you as the higher, like the, the conscious response to that emotion. So on a mindset piece is stop demonizing the emotion, stop judging the emotion, stop judging yourself for feeling that emotion. Cause what happens is people will feel fear, will feel anxiety. And then they feel like there's something wrong for feel, feeling that. So they try to make that go away because Joe Schmo expert in the personal development world said you should be fearless or don't be scared or anxiety is bad or stress is bad. So what I want you to do is like when you feel an emotion, don't judge it, label it. I'm feeling anxious and go into it. So like a simple exercise you can do is Toyota's five wise exercise. Why am I feeling like, like I talk about this in the context of fear. Why am I feeling scared? Okay. Why does that scare me? Okay. Why does that scare me? And you kind of dig deep and understand it and you'll, you'll get some beautiful awakenings and insights. I've done this exercise with a lot of people and I share this in fear Vana, and a lot of people have wrote me saying how profound that was to figure out some deep meanings that they were kind of creating to the stuff. So the key is don't judge emotions. Like just remembering there's no bad or good emotions. There's only emotions and it's up to us to decide what we do with them, you know? So, um, 
like letting go of judgments for emotions, practicing and mastering the space between the emotion and you as the higher self, the conscious self, the divine self, whatever you want to call it. I mean, a great way to do that is simple ways meditation. I know it's a, again, very common piece of advice. Uh, and then the most important thing you can do is go practice suffering, man, like train in suffering, train in discomfort, like, cause you can listen to a podcast, you can read a book and that can provide a spark, but nothing else is going to like, uh, like, the greatest lessons are only in the doing. So you got to get out there and suffer. So pursue your worthy struggle. If you know your craft, pursue it obsessively and suffer. Like my mantra is suffer well, you know? So like mantras, well, actually let's bring that back. Mantras are a great way to practice a lot of these things. So when it comes to, for example, noticing the emotion, but not being defined by that emotion is like a great mantra I use is be with what is, but do not become what is. Be with Makes what sense. is, but do not become what is. So when you feel, and I came up with this while I was running and in pain. So if I'm feeling fear, I'll say, okay, be with it, but do not become it, right? Like be with what is, but do not become what is. So we talked about the isness, accepting thing. That's a great mantra to practice being with an emotion and not letting yourself be controlled by that emotion. Because that's that's everything, emotional intelligence, not letting your emotions control you and you choosing, you responding to them instead of reacting to them is, is how you master life. That space between the emotion and you as your conscious self. And then again, coming back to train and suffering, like my key mantra, this is sort of the essence of fearvana is suffer well suffer well so do things to pursue your worthy struggle like you talk about a obsessively studying your craft pursuing your craft exercise training and suffering you know when that right now i know we can't go out so but at the time you could like go go to a woman or a man in a bar and talk to them that shit's scary it's hard to do you know go do things that scare you like again if you can't go out right now like skydiving all that kind of stuff but go go train go exercise at home go do um uh um uh, like uh, start working on your business, things that are hard, things you struggle with, go for a run. You know, a lot of us can still go running, like do things that make you suffer. There's nothing like nothing more important you can do than that. Nothing. And that means like writing a book, if right, like writing a book was an exercise in suffering for me, man, writing is hard for me. <laughs> like Same. I was, uh, I really struggled with writing a book, but I knew that's what I needed to do. Like for my business, for my brand, and most importantly for the impact, the book is changing a lot of lives. And so like if it's time, if you know your worthy struggle right now is to write a book, then suck it up and write that damn book. Like even if you have to stare at a screen like for 20 minutes and nothing's coming out, stare at that damn screen. <laughs> I was going to say, don't do that. There is an easy way. <laughs> and the easy way is start writing about your day. Just start saying, there what, you start go. writing about what you're Practice writing. writing. Yeah, Literally yeah. just like start with this morning, I woke up and I had eggs. They tasted quite nice. This is exactly what I was feeling at this time. Yeah, it is free flow writing, no doubt. Yeah, just, just do that, and then you'll finally get that, get to yeah. that point. But if you but really dislike writing, if you really dislike writing, because like my struggle is, it's ironic because I'm a copywriter. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like writing. Um, I feel you. I'm an author, and I don't like writing. <laughs> it's the thing. Like what I love doing is the way that I do it is I actually have my microphone set up to capture my words. So uh, as you know, this like by the time this show comes out, the book should be done but like as of now like recording this i'm about four chapters deep into my book the four or five chapters deep in just recordings like i've done about an hour's worth of recording time Love and it. i've got like another two hours to go or another hour to go it's a fairly short audiobook but it's like it covers everything i need to do and then it's going to be transcribed into a book roger that and it's just like that's the way i'm looking at doing yeah. this because Love it, it. It, it that's just another way like i'm using my Love strength it. which is speaking yeah. With my weakness, which is writing books. Yeah. Yeah. The two together, happy days. Love it. Love it. Love it. So that's the way it is. 
But yeah, like, I, do, I like do that it. thing. Do that thing that you've been putting off. Do that thing that's hard. Hell, go into stillness. Stillness can be hard. So find, like, take the time to go deep within. Like one great exercise I learned from an endurance cyclist friend of mine. He used to sit still, staring into a wall, like no painting, no TV, no music, no stimuli, and he would do this for twelve hours and then go riding for twelve hours. Try doing that for one hour. Just sit still, staring into a wall. Put a timer and let your mind go where it goes. See Wait, how hard how long that was he is. Doing this? He would do this for 12 hours and then go riding what for 12 hours. What kind of psychopath is he? <laughs> I mean, I spent seven days in pitch darkness, man. That shit was hard being with your mind, nowhere to go. So right. like, but there's, but my point is there's value in doing that. That's my right. point. It's like tremendous value. But here's the difference. You did it for seven days knowingly. This psychopath does it for 12 hours a day just because. <laughs> I mean, but that's what it takes to master your mind to pursue. That's why he raced across. He did the race across America, the hardest endurance cyclist race in the world. Because, I mean, to, to do hard things, your mind and your spirit will get you there. But you have to train them. Just like if you want stronger biceps, you do bicep curls. If you want to do hard things, you got to train your mind and spirit. And you train them in experiences of discomfort. Not by sitting. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with sitting on your couch watching movies. Like, do that as well. No doubt. Like, like anything. It's balancing both. If you're going to stress yeah. yourself out, you need to do the recovery. So, But the point is, most of us are only either living in the recovery world. <laughs> so I'm saying go into the stress space. Go suffer. And then come back and recover as well. Most definitely. Dude, it's a pleasure as always having you on the show. Guys, Thank I you, hope brother. you enjoy this episode. If you guys go on and uh, rate the show, review it, subscribe, um, just shout me out. I'm always open to hear your opinion, get people on board, see what we can talk about, and apply Akshay's, um, like his suggestions and his ideas work. I'm living proof of that. I've actually gone through a lot of his stuff and you know used it. It's incredible. So Appreciate guys, you, go ahead, check those out. Check out fivana.com and I, you know, I could not, I could not uh, praise this guy even more than I could. Go listen to our previous Thank show, you. and <laughs> it's incredible. Actually, it's been an honor having you on the show, brother. Guys, Thank you, brother. Likewise, uh, have, have an amazing weekend, and I'll speak to you real soon. Peace.